What's going on, people? You are locked into another episode of Meg Talks, the people's platform home to queer POC millennial conversation. Shout out if you're new to the family. Listen, welcome with your people, your team, your family. I'm your new best friend for the night next 90 minutes. Big up of manners and respect if you're back for another episode. Listen, you know the support is so crazy and I just appreciate every single one of you just taking the time to tune in because these conversations are getting longer, man. There's more stuff to talk about. But you can check out every single episode on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes. Um, we're all over the place, Anchor. But if you're not sure, just type in Meg Talks online into Instagram. There's a link in my bio to all of the different platforms. Whilst you're there, just click follow. <laughs> all right. But anyway, I am here with a very interesting guest. This has been someone I've been trying to pin down for a minute because I reckon we're going to have an interesting conversation. So I want you people to welcome digital content creator Re Re in the cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so bring that microphone right in front of you. Right. So level up to your mouth. Yeah. Right there. Cool. So how are you? Yeah, I'm. I'm not too bad. I feel, in general, I I feel quite accelerated right now. I feel like I'm like bursting with like a lot of energy, and I'm like ready to do a lot of things. But I am good. How are you? Yeah. Me. You know what? I've had a good week. Yeah. I've had a really good week. And you know, sometimes weeks are not good. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, sometimes months aren't good. But this week has been an absolutely cracking week because everything I set my intention to do, I was able to achieve. Mm -hmm. And I'm noticing that growth. So a prime example would be like, so I work in HR mm -hmm. and when you're head of the department, you've got to do all that board reports and all this kind of crap. Yeah. So I had to write a report and I do it every, I think it's every quarter. And I, I do find it quite hard. Like my ADHD's like, we want to play games. <laughs> we want to be on YouTube. And then like my job description is saying like, yeah, you need to write so this like... report. Yeah, pie charts, graphs, all of this stuff. And I'm just like, it's not instinctively my way of just existing. Mm -hmm. But I did it. I did the report and I did it really quickly and did it really well and got some really good feedback in the board. Like being the only young brown person, I was just like- Oh, we love to hear it. Right, I was just shining brightly. And it was like, I know 12 months ago, that would have been a lot harder for me. Mm -hmm. um, and just there's other like little examples of where I'm just like, raw, I'm actually getting better at things that like, it's yeah. sick. So I'm just appreciating myself, you know, really. But what has your week been like? What have you been up to? I feel like I've had a, a, a similar week. I've had a week that's been kind of up and down. Um, I have been doing the opposite. I feel like I have been anything that hasn't been sparking joy. I've just been I've just been cutting it off. Mm. Um, for example, I was signed off at work. I went back to work, and I was just like. I I can't, I can't stay here mm. any longer. So I, I, I quit my job, and now I feel like I've, I've gotten to this point where I'm in this cycle of like I want to do ten million things, but I also need to like have a balance to try and find like rest and then 
work, you know, like, like work hard, play hard yeah. and stuff like that. But also I need to make sure that I'm like on myself to do those things in order for me to like not be deeping it. Yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I feel like this week has been good. I, I suffer with, um, with ME or chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, a running joke because no one can remember how to pronounce the full meaning of Emmy. Right. So you just say chronic fatigue syndrome. Okay. Um, but that was flaring up quite bad for me this week. And I was like, do you know what? Like it was, it was getting me down, but I was just like, I can't allow it to get me down. I need to think of another way around it. So mm. if I can't physically do that one task, that I was thinking about doing, what else can I do? Right, and right. I feel like I've had quite a good productive week. Yeah. It's been a big, it's been a big week. Like mm. even just being able to observe yourself outside of yourself and then be able to readjust your environment and what you need to do to align. Cause yeah. it's so easy to have expectations of yourself from yesterday or last week and then try to apply that today. And then it's like, why is this not working or why doesn't it feel right? And then you drag yeah. yourself through freaking hell just trying to achieve one thing and it's like maybe Literally. if I just part that and did something else it might have been better so it's sick that you that you were able to do that and just like of course you weren't out your work but what kind of work were you doing that you decided that it's just not for me anymore um so I was in retail management so I was a supervisor and um I enjoyed it it was definitely a dream job of mine at one point but then I also had to Check in with myself this year, a lot has happened. And after spending a lot more time with yourself and thinking about a lot of things that really mattered to you, started to, I started to think a bit more about, is this for me and what do I wanna do moving forward? And I wanna make sure that I'm maximizing every opportunity and also every moment of pleasure and happiness that life, ha life has to offer me at this moment in time, I guess. It's a big, it's a big, 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 big look. Cause as beautiful as those words sound and as true as they are, it's fucking hard. And like, so, and so many people just in general struggle with that. But like, it's mm. dope that you're, I think it's honoring yourself because a lot of us, right? Including me, um, we have, it's like, there's like a, in a sadistic side where like we almost torment ourselves. So it'll be like, oh, yeah. I want to do this or this and that. But we're like, no, you can't do that. And you're just like, but when you deep it, like why? Like, yeah. why am I putting myself in situations or making decisions that take away my joy? But I, listen, even me, sometimes I want to eat a certain thing and my mind is probably tied to food and fitness and a few other things. Mm. And I wanna eat something. And like, I'm sorry, but I'm not getting fat anytime soon. Like I'm, yeah. I'm relatively fit, but I wanna eat something. I'm like, no, you can't do that. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck am I doing right now? Like yeah. eating this food will be absolutely fine. Yeah. You know, life is about enjoyment as well as being sensible. It's so tricky. It's such a hard one. And I think that the relationships that we have to prioritize a lot of the time is the ones with ourselves, the yeah. romanticization of self-love can be seen or has been kind of commercialized in the media, like I, I guess. And I think there's a lot more work that goes into self-love. So I think that like meditating, journaling and kind of under understanding yourself. Cause I feel like the more that you spend 
kind of connecting with yourself and showing yourself love and kindness, the more you're going to be like, well, I'm not going to put myself in a situation that I'm going to allow that thing to affect me in that way. And it can change your perspective of your future. You've approached the concept of self-love in a different, at a different entry point. And I like it because I think sometimes it can sound really fluffy and like borderline yeah. ridiculous in some respects, right? But let's just to caveat that is I'm a big advocate of self love and I'm a firm believer in it. But sometimes I'm not gonna lie, it sounds fucking ridiculous. And I'm like, <laughs> so what is how is someone supposed to apply that in yeah. real time, you know? But what you just said about the decision making process, about the positions that you put yourself in, the spaces that you're putting yourself in, mm-hmm. I think that's a part of it because it then you don't have to remedy the after effects of putting yourself in a shitty situation, yeah. right? Do you get wrong? Like yeah. you're not trying to meditate the hell out of what just happened because you never put yourself in that. That is kind mm. of a part of it too. But you know what? We, we've jumped in the deep end, you know, and I, mm. I, I knew this conversation was going to be fire, peeps. So stay tuned. Right now, if you've not got your drink, I need you to press pause right now. Go and get Ooh. a drink. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go and get a drink, go get your snack and come back because me and Ree are going to be here chopping it up and that. So, and I want to do a little bit of scoping just, I guess, to help people get to know a little bit about you. Then we'll kind of broaden it out into ultimately what you do and so on. But just like as a little summary, so how I came across your platform was time ago. So this would have been like... Oh, it's like probably like two or three years ago. It's a, now. Yeah, it's cut, yeah, it's about yeah, it's around the two year mark, right? And what what really? Firstly, I think I came across your Instagram page. Now I'm not entirely too sure how I came about that, mm-hmm. but I saw some like cool alien stuff, like makeup, pointy ears, and I was like, <laughs> hey, this shit is this shit is wild, like, and you know, and like folks, you know me, like. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, as long as it's cool or as long as it's interesting, like, I'm sold. So it was, like, your style. Mm. And the way that you were creating content wasn't something that I'd experienced before. I haven't experienced all of this. And it's, like, I can I experienced so much of your duality mm. just being on your page. <laughs> because you've got, like, dry, quite dry sense of humour at some time, at some points. Mm. There are other times when you're quite vulnerable and you say how you feel. Then there's this kind of, like, more creative where you're expressing a different side. And then there's this, like, cool, crazy, sexy, cool kind of re as well. So there's all of these different factions. And I thought there's a skill to being able to harness and channel each of those different aspects of you through your content that it's that ob- obvious that I can see. It. And I'm like, wow, like this person is really multifaceted. So mm. that was my first entry point to you. Then I think... Wow. I don't know why that's making me feel so emotional, actually. Really? Yeah, it is, actually. I think... I think I've been working so hard to, I guess, kind of like allow myself to see myself in that light of like being like oh yeah like recognizing the things that I do as like skills or or valuable things in my life and I'm like oh I need to do that more but then I guess when I hear it from someone else I'm like oh wow thank you um but again that's part of the work that needs to be done Mm. 
Um, but yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, it was, it was it's, like, I, and the thing is, it's interesting because our paths have crossed on a few occasions that I'm talking about peeps at the most un, I wasn't even, I, I don't even know if I was expecting to meet anyone that I knew in those scenarios, besides the people that I came with, right? So I think our past crossed that cat for Pred. Yes, you had um, yeah. a merch store, you were selling some cool tie-dye stuff. And the thing is, I saw the merch before I clocked to you and we yeah. were talking and I was like, yeah. and I was looking and I was like, I'm sure I recognize yeah. you from somewhere. I was right. like, what's, what's, what's going on here? I was like, I definitely know you. And then I was like, that's it. I was like, it's you. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm so glad that I had seen you then because I was like, I haven't seen you in ages. And yeah. I was like, I can't. Um, but where, where my mind is, I'm also trying to get an ADHD, ADHD diagnosis. It's Got like, you. I will say like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go and do something. And that can be like, I can either wait like a week, I can wait like a few months or like whatever. But I needed to see you in that moment because mm. I was like, where have you been? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is as well, it's like, well, I think we that was one of our conversations at Catford Pride. And you mentioned that you um, were, you were thinking that you perhaps had ADHD and you're kind of exploring it. And I was like, hey, I'm mm. neurodiverse, but I'm a high spectrum yes, ADHD. Yeah. So for me, like I understand that. And I understand that things take time. Like, of course, like, there's this, societal concept that everything's or anything everything should be organic right mm -hmm. i agree with that but i think it's even more even more necessary when you have a, a, a neurodiverse mind like things need to make sense or yeah. it's a wrap and it felt like over the time it started to make more sense because i then bumped into you uh, i think it was black pride yes it was yeah, yeah. um because I was doing, um, supporting Aya Studios. Shout out to Iron, who's coming through soon. Shout oh, out to Aisha. Yes, yes. Like everyone, shout out to everyone. Um, and then I think you had a store um, mm -hmm. and I was walking around, like letting people know that we had the pod there. They could come and record and participate in a capsule. And yeah, I come across your store and I was like, yo, listen, look, I'm going to holler at you yes. and I'm going to get you down here. <laughs> so, you know, I always like to share a little bit of the backstory behind how I meet people and how I come into contact. So this is, again, mm. one of those other relationships where, you know, it's been slowly developing for me. So I'm so glad that we can just take this moment and I can share for those who don't necessarily know you that I can introduce them to someone that I think is actually pretty cool um, in, in many, many ways. But... <sighs> Perhaps you can just give the people a little intro into, you know, who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, so um, obviously, as you know, my name is Reem, my pronouns are they, them. Um, I identify as a Blasian, non-binary, um, gender fluid, queer person. Um, meaning that for me, gender is always kind of changing for me or there isn't necessarily like there's not like a one fits all kind of situation with mm. me and I think that it's something that I am embracing so I'm would say that I am a creative in many different respects so I do content creation I'm a drag king artist um, and then I also do um, stuff with my business. So I do like some artwork with um, like prints, tote bags, um, like, like apparel and stuff like that. Um, but 
Yeah, I feel like I started making content. I, I feel like I've always really been into creating content from a young age. I used to have like little vlog spots like back in the day. If I look back on them now, they're so cringy. Like the photos that I would take, like window shopping with my friends. <laughs> and like the fashion sense was just not it. Um, but you know, I, I was passionate. I would like still like go online, write what I want to write. And then I feel like when I left um, like higher education, I, I didn't want to go to uni. There wasn't anything that was drawing out to me, nor was there like, again, with my neurodiverse brain, it just just, just wasn't going to be a thing. Yeah, I yeah. think I struggled, at, like looking back, I struggled in a sense of, I did so well academically, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I wasn't, like in the trenches mentally, you know, like, yeah. Can we just talk about that for a minute? Can we, can we, because I think that there's a preconception that people that go to college, uni, or any kind of um, academic institute that falls in between, that when you get good grades, that you're just this bookworm, you're this whiz yeah. kid that it, it fit, that model fits. And some that's like the biggest fad. Yeah. And I was yeah. actually having this conversation this week. I was saying that, It'll be interesting to see what the university dropout rates are across the UK yes. because I think they're substantially higher than people think they are. And and those who do make it through to whatever level of graduation it is, sometimes you're in fucking pieces. Like yeah. you've got the grade, but you've actually compromised and sacrificed everything and then you've actually got you've to kind of recover. You've lost yourself in the process. Yeah, and then you have to recover from that, man. So like what mm -hmm. things did you study in higher education? So I did psychology, design and technology, um, like fashion textiles, and then I did philosophy and ethics. I did biology for um, AS as well, but I, I dropped it due to my mental, mm. my mental health. But my, I think that was it because at that point I had become so focused on getting the grades and my grades were already good. So I put all this pressure on myself. No one else was doing it for me. Mm. Like, it wasn't like my mom was saying, oh, you've got to do this. Like she's, she would always encourage me to do whatever I wanted to do. But I was just, it was just too much. And then I, I think now I'm like, I can't even remember half of the things that I I studied there. Mm. Um, mm. But that's that's what I studied. Um, mm -mm. I enjoyed it, but I think I don't think I enjoyed like the exam part of it. Got you. So how um, do you feel like, I suppose that part of your journey has contributed to the work that you're doing now and the things that you're passionate about now? So hmm, that's an interesting question actually. I don't know. I, I feel like it's just changed my perception of just how I navigate myself throughout the world in general, right. to be honest, because I think studying in general has given me the skills to kind of hone in and create schedules and being able to put my head down. And like I, I know I'm able to like do the work if I like put in the work. You mm -hmm. know? Um, but I would say that like studying psychology and philosophy and ethics um, has just kind of made me understand kind of like how I view the world and how others may perceive the world to be also. And that I guess life is also what you make it. 
And that is what I'm kind of trying to remind myself of like trusting this process and trusting everything. Like I, I am very, very scared of change. And I feel like this year so much has happened in the sense that I've like, you like life will do anything at like any given moment. You Absolutely. just have to be like adaptable. And this is why it's so important to do the work inwards so that you can be like, you start to feel superhuman when you're in situations now, when you're like, oh, well, okay, I've got experience from doing this scenario and that didn't, I didn't like how that went when I was feeling that way. So I'm going to do this next time. Mm. And that's like the literally the power of reflection. Yeah. And just taking that moment to pause. Mm. And um, it was something that um, Shah Baby said, was it now? She was saying that she's res- um, impact and results driven. Mm. And I think that that's a very interesting perspective in terms of not just what you're focused on, but how you assess what you're doing yeah. and how you just stop to reflect on, okay, did that go the way that I wanted to? Um, what did I take away from that? Where, what do I feel proud of within that? What potentially could I have done a little bit differently? And, and it's just mm. that moment of reflecting on the impact that you're having. But I appreciate, you know, Life is like an absolute roller coaster, and you know, it's a nine o'clock, and you're logging in, dialing in somewhere, and yeah. before you know it, you know, you're kind of like monged out watching Netflix at like yeah. 10 30 at night, and it's like, where has the time gone? But there is really something in that reflecting yeah. and really understanding and stuff. So, like, for you right now in life, like, what's, what's the priority? What's like the what's really important? Um. I think my priority right now is getting what I'm owed. Ooh, okay. It's about stepping into my alignment and saying, yes, I am gonna believe in myself and achieve those things because once I put that work in, I'm I'm gonna get there. Being consistent with it and also being kind to myself at the same time. So I'm still wanting to like strengthen my relationship with myself as I do with everyone else around me and mm. my girlfriend, shout out to my girlfriend. Hey. Um, <laughs> she also works in HR as well, actually. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yo, listen, if you ever yeah. want to come through to talk about HR, I would fucking love it because yes. it is a unique experience. Do you know what? I think she would love that, actually. Yeah, I t- listen, <laughs> get, send her send a profile or something and we'll connect. Yeah, That'd be yeah, sick. 100%. But yeah, I think I'm just, I don't wanna, I don't wanna waste any time. Life waits for no one. I just wanna run with it. I wanna, like my motto at the moment is just like, even if I, even if I have to cry, I'm gonna continue doing it. Like I'm just gonna have to just find a way to push through it because especially as a person of color, a queer person of color, we're having to do the work in tenfold mm. just to just to break surface when there's other people out there doing bare minimum and mediocrity. Yeah. Oh my god. I Listen. Can't. Oh, I would love I, do you know sometimes sometimes at work I give myself the space to be mediocre. Mm. I was like, no, today, today I'm doing the absolute minimum yeah i'm gonna do what needs to be done and i'm gonna do it with a smile on my face and a good attitude but what i will not be doing is 
putting myself in difficult situations that are unnecessary. Mm -hmm. I'm not taking on no difficult conversations. I'm not going to be doing this, 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 and or shortening my break or what. Mm -mm. No. Sometimes it's just being mediocre. Yeah. Right. And uh, what? So tell me a little bit about your heritage, because I think that this is going to feed into a lot of how you kind of perceive life and how you navigate life because you kind of alluded to the fact that your mum had been quite supportive of you just doing what you needed to do in where you felt you could accelerate so kind of tell us a bit about where you're coming from yeah so um so I grew up with my mum um shout out mummy mumsy (laughs) (laughs) or mummy corn as I I say in my in my little phone um yeah so growing up it was it was the two of us and I feel like my mom has always had like such a a high work ethic to kind of get what we need and and just kind of be the best that she can be, and she's a self starter as well. Like in the sense of like doing the work, it's it's through her like how I feel like I'm the person I am today. Like I genuinely mean it in a sense. Like my mom is my best friend, my mentor, my inspiration. Um my home girl mm. yeah she's she's everything to me and what's your mum's background where does your mum come from like n- i guess heritage wise yeah so um i guess like her side of the family are from um jamaica um and then my other side of the family um are um from asia um and west indian um which is, yeah. Which is, That's which interesting. Is so yeah. like, do you know much about like your Jamaican side, like where your family resides in that, on the island? Do you know what? I actually don't know too, too, too much. Um, mm. So I'm, I'm quite close with my nan, but um, I haven't really had much of a chance to really speak to her about like, I guess like the ins and outs being there. And mm. also she's very much, scared of the idea of going on a plane again so uh-huh, we you. won't be going together yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I I really do want to um I do I do want to go on I guess kind of like a journey like a heritage kind of tour journey I guess of like yeah. where that'll be super interesting because mm. you have got so many different bloods and cultures feeding into the essence of who you are and not to sound preach you or even like I'm telling you it's the, if you can just find out where in Jamaica they're based yeah. the rest can come later like yeah. the journey I'm like as long as you know where your starting point could be on the island because I think the first time I went to Jamaica I was seven, 17 oh, wow. so I went for a family wedding so yeah. I don't necessarily think I got the Jamaican cultural experience but I got to go there see the place and I was with my family as well so it was like mm. a nice holiday but over the time I kept on going and it, it has become more and more like just being a local and staying in yeah. certain spots and shit makes sense when I'm there like yeah. seriously like things don't make sense in this country more so than when I go back home oh, so it'd be interesting to see like on that explor- explorative journey like where mm. you find that connect because it could even be your Asian side mm. right so like whereabouts yeah. are your where whereabouts in Asia are your family from um so Gujarat which is basically um West India yeah um yeah um I would love to go there as well mm. um shout out to the Gujarati man them gal them yeah and they them I really do actually want to start learning um 
some words, some, I, I, do you know what, I honestly, I really envy people who grew up learning another language, I'm not gonna lie. Same. I really do, yeah. And the way they like dip dip in and out of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, sick. I wish, but yeah, you know, it's never too late for anything. Um, so I would, I would really love to to learn some some Gujarati. I think, and also, do you know what? Actually, I'm so I'm like, this might sound funny. I say I'm semi vegan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I'm vegetarian. No, no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm fully vegetarian. Yeah. Okay. So at least at least it's like well I'm just I, I have like burger Fridays. I have wings Wednesdays. No. Yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah. So no, I'm definitely fully vegetarian. So that's no wait that mode. fucking killed. No. <laughs> what it I is is that most of the time I have things that are like vegan and some things are just vegetarian. Right. 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 But. Yeah, Do you have like a guilty pleasure, like something that can make you slip up and you think, hmm, am I, I, I could eat that. Even though it's not necessarily vegan, I could eat that. Oh, it only have to be vegetarian. Because yeah. for me, I, I stopped eating meat because I, I never liked it growing up. But I think the main reason why I haven't thought about veganism is, is I feel like you know what I'm going to say, but it's it's cheese. It's cheese. Um, yeah. I, I'm I, I can't. I can't. It's good. I it's know, too good. You know, and I tell you this, I found, I have found a good vegan cheese because for the most part, I'm dairy free. Yeah. But it's not the same. Like that, I don't know if that shit's made out of titanium, but it will not melt for love nor money. No, for real it, though. It, 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 it doesn't, no. <laughs> that shit just like, it's like it, I don't, you know when you try to burn like a bit of plastic and it changes yeah. shape. Yeah. But it's still tough. It's still just kind of like holding on. Like, yeah. I, I don't want to let go. <laughs> you can't change <laughs> me, man. <laughs> but it's funny because I, I just came back from Greece and being a vegetarian there, ironically, they just think everything is just cheese, cheese, cheese. And I was like, I've had enough of cheese now. Mm -hmm. But if you want a really good vegan cheesy kind of recipe to kind of make there's this amazing recipe i'm actually going to film it um hopefully next week um so look out mm -hmm. um so basically you get cashews and roasted garlic okay and then you blend that together and mm -hmm. it comes into like this cheesy kind of like sauce because i made this um vegan cheese uh pizza and it actually tasted amazing like i know i might be a bit biased <laughs> yeah. but it was it was really good i i know yeah i <laughs> i know a bag of you are gonna laugh after this there's about a quarter of listeners that are rolling their eyes they're like that shit weren't right you <laughs> can't tell me cashews is cheese <laughs> but you know what i'll say this though because i went on a quest like a cheese quest to find mm. the best alternative because Anyone that is from the Caribbean knows the importance of macaroni and cheesing. Or like, oh. like I mean, come on now. It is so, it's so good. And it's like. It pains I, me when they're like sold out as well at the Caribbean oh, store. Shit. And I'm just like. God damn it. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, here we go again. Yeah, right. <laughs> like that, that was that, through my journey of wanting to maintain that close relationship with macaroni mm. and cheese, I had to try and find all these alternatives and I do know the cashew what cashew nut cheese mm. derivative according to Pinterest it's sell-off peeps it's a common thing like Riri's onto something here you know yeah. because a lot of people are saying that that's probably the closest variation you're going to get to 
texture and also the taste. It is honestly like it's amazing. And my so yeah, my girlfriend is the is the opposite of me. So I'm I'm vegetarian and she is she she eats meat and whatnot, which is completely fine. And every time I come up with something that's like a meat alternative or mm. like a recipe that's kind of like that, she's like super skeptical and she's like Hmm, I don't know about that one. But then she'll try it and she'll be like, okay, it's actually Yeah. It's actually good. So I feel like I'm not gonna lie, I feel quite proud when I um can sway someone like her or <laughs> anyone else who's really skeptical about like like you said, like someone like cashews, like ooh. Yeah, like there's um I tell you this, for anyone who's maybe thinking, mm, and you're in London, there's a place called the House of Satan. Now, I know a few oh, of you are gonna be like, yes. Megan, that's where you're you're a faith be. What the hell are you talking about? I'm talking about S-E-I-T-A-N. It's a uh, a meat substitute, a meat, a meat substitute for mm. people that don't eat meat. And this place, the food's ton up. I'm not gonna lie, the food is actually there's one other place that I can't for life now, I just can't remember what it's called right now, but that is a really good starting place if you wanted to try something that's Closer yeah. to, close to, I guess, meat, but it's still meat-free. Yeah. There's also, um, there's Neat Burger, Mushi's as well. Oh, yes, that's the place that Mushi's I was thinking about. Mushi's was amazing, but it's so sad because they, they closed down. However, they have got a couple of their signature burgers at the Hard Rock Cafe. Mm. So I'm I'm thinking about going there. Um, because their burgers are phenomenal and I feel like they're literally the idea of like vegan burgers but like it's <coughs> not even like a substitute necessarily it's like all like literally from plants but yeah no I love Temple of Sitan and neat yeah neat burger okay. as well well it's peeps you know there's a little one two idea of what you could try like i mm. when you were talking about the satisfaction of when you're able to kind of introduce something new to your partner and, yeah. and that they love it you sound very much like my partner because she is pescatarian right and i <laughs> just by influence i've started to consume less meat mm-hmm. like i just have and there was a whole week where i hardly ate any meat and i was like oh my I didn't, and I didn't realize she was like, yeah. I told you I'd have yeah. influence. She was so <laughs> pleased by it. I was like, yo, but what I'm going to say is this, yeah. So I, fuck it, I'm, I'm going the whole way. Basically, Ikea sells horrible lamb. And I tried, and, oh, no. <laughs> and I worked there for a long time eating this horrible lamb. And yeah. it just put me off. So I stopped eating lamb. And I've hardly eaten it. Um, probably in the last, maybe four years. Yeah, four or five years, I've not really eaten okay, it. Now, yeah. I've been craving lamb peeps. And um, <laughs> and I bought lamb the other day. Jesus, crispy. Do you know how nice it is? Oh, I couldn't no. believe, I couldn't freaking believe it. I said, I'm back, baby. But then what I am on the journey to exploring now on a dietary level is just exploring further what foods don't sit right with me because I've got I'm allergy.com like mm-hmm. I've got like a, I could have a pdf or like a fucking bracelet with a little hanging tassel oh. listing all of the things but now yeah. I'm all, now exploring it through meat are there any meats that actually I'm noticing that perhaps maybe I shouldn't eat or yeah. whatever but um I was gonna ask you actually it's unrelated but on a day-to-day basis, like what what does we struggle with? Like what what do you battle with and have to contend with just to be able to kind of be the person that you want to and be able to create the content and do the work that you want to? 
Um, I think it's the idea that I, regardless whether I want to, I'm constantly having to be the wise person for myself mm. in the sense of every day life will throw something at me, whether that be like my pain or some catastrophic event or whatnot. Um, and I have to be wise enough to be like, okay, I'm gonna pick myself up and I'm not gonna let it affect me. And I find that quite exhausting mm. because even though I'm getting a, a big benefit, like I'm I'm becoming a lot more confident in myself, I'm learning more, I'm, I'm, there's that growth and that consistent change into being someone who I'm meant to be. However, it's like, oh my gosh, like I just want a day off, but like that in itself is also another thing. I I need to allow myself to have time to rest because rest is powerful. And I forget that a lot of the time. Yeah, we're we're team rest over here. Like I I definitely bought into the fad of like, no days off, Mm -hmm. you sleep when you're dead, all this kind of shit. And I was like, wait, hold on a minute. Let me just strip this back to basics. Mm. First and foremost, we're fucking humans. Like, humans yeah. have to sleep. Like, we have to go toilet. We have to eat. We have to mm. drink. Like, there are certain basic prerequisites that are fundamental to the human existence, mm. right? Sleep is one of them, people. And I'm a big advocate. And do you know what I'm an advocate of? Having a bedtime. Oh. Commit, Committing to yourself that you've got a bedtime. Like, I go to bed between 10.30 and 11. And then I wake up at about seven and then get up out of bed at around 7.38. So that is a lot of sleep, a lot of rest and I'm better for it. Yeah. Um, And I think there are a lot of dickheads in this world. They're just tired. For real. I think people are actually tired. Yeah. Like what does rest mean to you? If you were to say like, okay, cool. You had, imagine you had a whole week to yourself, 24 hours to 24 hours each day. There were no expectations on you whatsoever. And this was just a period of time for you to rest. What would be some of the key things that you would want to do to make sure you're feeling good? Um, I feel like the things that I like to do in terms of rest are probably meditation, listening to music, um, journaling, stretching, like doing some yoga or something to kind of, connect my body to different senses um and then I guess just kind of switching off but I think I find it hard to switch off because the things that I enjoy are usually digital as Mm. well so like things like I enjoy playing video games or I actually really do enjoy making content (laughs) So, but then it's 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 that fine line of like, okay, like you also need to like have time away from the screen or mm. have that balance to kind of sit down. And I actually wanted to ask you, like, how do you manage with your ADHD with rest? Because I find <laughs> that for me, resting can put a lot of these intrusive thoughts into my head and kind of like, oh, yes. like you shouldn't. So I, I'll like, I'll say I'm gonna rest and then I'll be in bed with my, I'll get my weighted blanket on, my electric heated blanket, get all cozy, got all my plushies around me, cuddle up with my dog, a little chai. And then I'll sit down for like an hour or two, maybe 
um, watch something on YouTube or Netflix and then instantly I'm restless and I'm like, okay, I need to be doing something yeah. or I can't even focus on what I want to do too relaxed and I find that so frustrating because I honestly yeah. envy people who can just switch. You know, I'm just like thinking about it <clears throat> and I think I have a number of things I have a number of things which I consider to be restful mm-hmm. and like even if I go back to the concept of meditation yeah like I work this through with my therapist that mm-hmm. I have to for the most part do something called active meditation so I need to be doing something which allows that meditative space. So sitting down with my legs crossed and whatnot is not calming for me. I I find that actually quite stressful. Mm -hmm. So where I will meditate is things, for example, like in the bath, Mm -hmm. um, when I'm working out, you know, that, and especially not all, when I say when I'm working out, of course, when I'm doing burpees, I am not meditating. That is, (laughs) but, um, we have, you know, gymnastic rings. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I've only been using them for maximum six weeks. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they are so therapeutic. Like, especially when I've got like my hands holding and I've got my feet elevated and I can feel my spine, the process of my spine just stretching out and I'm just mm. hanging there holding on and you've got to find a different breathing pattern so it's a lot shorter. Yeah. Because if you try to deep breathe, I don't think you're in the right position for your lungs to do that. Mm. So it's all about, it is about breath work. Yeah. And breath work is a fundamental part of meditation. So, you know, I have to do different, what my meditation and what rest might look like to someone else is probably still quite high energy. Yeah. But that's part of my hyperactive essence but then um what you were saying about being able to that losing focus whilst you're resting it's having like an arsenal of things that you can like bounce around and do that Mm. still falls under the guise of rest yeah so sometimes rest might mean to me that i'm staying in my house yeah so everything that i do within my house that is forming rest because other people are not taxing my brain yeah you know other times rest might be I need to be outside. So according to what the need is at that time, like what I'm needing or what has been going on will help me determine that. And sometimes, you know, the best thing is tire yourself out. There are, And this isn't coming from a judgy place here. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are not moving enough. Mm-hmm. I'm like, go to the gym four times a week for 60 to 90 minutes. Your sleep and your need for rest will be better because your body needs it. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? So the and physical exhaustion feels much better than mental exhaustion. It it does. I feel I feel like um when I finished um a workout or like a yoga stretch or something, and as well when, when I say I do like stretches and yoga and stuff as well, people just think like, oh, it's just like you're just doing like all these like airy fairy movements. And mm. I'm like, no, do you actually understand? And I always say, I say to my girlfriend, um, that I very much feel like I'm an anime character. That thing of what you were talking about, like that breathe it, that breath yeah. work. Um, I recently started watching Demon Slayer and Tanjiro works on like total concentration, like breath work. And I'm like, it's so true because it allows you, once you kind of have that system in place of 
bringing your breathing to a certain level, it allows you to kind of relax your muscles, relax your mind, mm. or step into a different mindset that can put you into a place of like, yeah, I'm going to keep pushing. Or, yeah. I know what I need to do or, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh man, you're talking so many facts there. And like talking about anime, like admittedly, I've only started to even um, express an interest in anime because mm. my partner's into it. So I'm like, if this is something that you really like and you're into, I've yeah. got to kind of look into this a little bit more so I can understand. And, you know, even within that, I might even find that I like some of it because yeah. it's it's very rare that you completely dislike something in its entirety. There's aspects that you do and don't like. And I thought I'd prefer to have that relationship with yeah. it. And um, it's fucking deep, yo. Like <laughs> the level of character development and storytelling in these shows, they far yeah. surpass what you can get in a movie. Now, I've always mm. said that what you can do with animation is far greater than human bodies because of our limitations. Yeah. But <clears throat> there is a lot to be, there's a lot to learn from, um, there is a lot to learn from these anime shows. Even there's like, so much and I think, and I think even the East Asian um, influence around the concept of morality, well-being, self, collectiveness, mm. it really comes through. And I think there's a lot of education, like, my entry point was Death Note, right? Oh, I love Death Note so much. I've got like the little Death Note at home. I've got like the little feather pen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like seeing Light's journey mm. was so interesting. Like, and even like the elements of morality within that, you know, mm. like, anyway, I'm waffling, but I, I definitely think you can learn a lot from those spaces. By the way, have you been to Uzumaki? That's actually really mad because Where? my girlfriend and I literally just went there on Tuesday. Really? I literally just edited a video that I'm going to be posting today. Well, what do you know? That's, wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, we, we went it? there. It was amazing. So um, similarly to you, you guys have a lot of things in common. Mm. She also isn't like a huge, huge fan of anime, but since I like it, she's been like, oh, I want to test the waters a bit. Mm. And um, it was actually her who booked who broke the table and I was like, oh my gosh. So we went there, absolutely amazing. I really, really enjoyed it. And I really, there was, I don't know, I kind of felt a bit like a little kid again because I kind of felt like I was jumping into the anime because it it felt very homely, very warming and the vibe was just groovy. Have you been? So I booked for my partner to go, it was, I think it was the 3rd of October we went Mm. and she was like, oh my God, babe. She sent me this TikTok. And I was like, she was like, oh, we should go there one time. As soon as yeah. you sent me that, I just booked it. Because I thought, I know with this whole ADHD thing, the best intentions, I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. And then like things just do fall through the cat. Yeah. And I thought, this I know is going to be important. Mm. Um, So let's go. And it is very warming in there. And I think mm. one of the primary differences between that restaurant and any other space is that most people in there have got an affinity for the theme. So you're amongst people that share a very similar sentiment. Just Mm. because like, for example, you might like, I don't know, Indian food in a restaurant, that's not enough to bring you together to someone, right? But when you do have an interest in something like anime, that is enough to bring you closer because we because we started having chats in the line outside we were talking to the people next and i'm like this doesn't happen when i go to eat in general all this Mm -hmm. social i'm more into the person that i'm with or 
the group. So it was it was great. The food yeah. was delicious. The food Absolutely. was really good. I had the little rice triangle thing. Oh, like, oh um, do you know what? I really, I wish I I got a build your own ramen. Yeah. And um, my girlfriend got the uzumaki um, ramen, the like the mini one. Yeah. And I it it finished me. <laughs> <laughs> it finished me. I'm I'm right here with you. I went home yet, yeah, and my belly yeah. was. You know when your belly feels oh. swollen and tight. I was just so full. I had to wait like two to three business days to like recover <laughs> but no it was it was such a vibe <laughs> it was such a vibe we, we took scooby as well um and we contacted them in advance mm. to double check if they they bring dogs they allow mm. dogs in there mm-hmm. but it is true i feel like there's something with with anime that people kind of they really do take in what they need to take in yeah. from from these shows. So yeah. they will teach you the importance of like friendships and relationships with other people, but also relationship with yourself and like working hard. And yes. if you don't put in the work, you're not going to get there. What, and... These folks work hard, especially yeah. like the perception of school, mm. like wanting to be the best top student and yeah. working... That ethic is not in the British education system. You would system not at all. see that here. And even if it was, it's not looking like that at all. At all. No. So, like, interesting that we started to talk about anime. So, how does your passion and love for anime inspire, like, your drag queen, drag king look? And also, how you just play about with your aesthetic by and large? Oh, yeah. So, I feel like for me, I really enjoy. Um, me, I really like cool. So yeah, it's like true ADHD. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I feel like for me, I really enjoy looking at characters and kind of being like, ah, oh, I really enjoy these parts of you, whether they are um personality traits or physical attributes to them Mm. and I'm always like oh I kind of want to do something like that but I want to put like my own creative flair on it or especially for me a big thing is like putting my black queerness I think on a look because I feel like there are so many characters out there that are really awesome and I'm like oh but like I really want to do this, but also I really want to embrace like my melanin or like my yeah. hair in it or like, um, like for example, I'm thinking, um, I won't give away the, the character at the moment, but like when I'm planning some of my looks in advance or, and they're based off characters, I'm like, okay, like what can I do maybe to, to change it up a little bit that makes it kind of for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I, I kind of, I think I just really enjoy, especially, like, the style and the confidence that they have with a lot of the characters. And I just kind of use that boldness and maybe their edginess to kind of inspire me to create something that's different and from the heart. So a lot mm-hmm. of the time I will kind of maybe have, like, a general consensus of maybe what I want to do then I always say most of the time I, yeah, I have like a brief that I've kind of created and then I just go in 
doing whatever kind of happens in that process. Okay, that's interesting. Mm. That's that is interesting because they. I have to say, like, I'm quite influenced by that Japanese streetwear. Mm. Um, and they do have amazing streetwear. I mean, there is it's fucking. It needs to be more accessible. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like. Yo, right? Yeah. Like I'll be ordering shit on Wish, Let's and it work. takes like twelve months to come and stuff. But it's true. Like their their looks are incredible, especially yeah. like feminine energy and how that mm. plays out, and how yeah. there's kind of like almost an overlap between being a character and a person, but mm. living in that space. And I'm like, but actually, why not? Yeah. You know why not? So when it comes to like creating digital content for yourself like mm. what is your planning process because I think there is a misconception that mm. creating digital content is easy um, and that's because I think when people see it's oh but it's simple that means that it's a job done well mm -hmm. that really means it's a job done well but there's a whole series of things that need to happen yeah that needs to happen before um, you get to the finished final piece and you kind of started to talk about that process through your look, but how does that translate into like digital content creation? Yes, I, I feel like in the beginning, I feel like I, I've, I've kind of dipped in and out around the whole circle of create creation because I feel like when I first started creating content, like many, many years ago, even from my early teen years, it would very much be like, okay, I'm gonna do a piece on this and I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna film this or I'm gonna shoot this, I'm gonna write this and then it's done. Mm -hmm. Whereas like now I feel like I'm doing like quite a big mixture of, okay, I want to do like some serious planning in, so in the sense of like, I wanna ensure that I'm creating the right content that I want to create and also how am I gonna measure that and how am I gonna also adapt that to who needs to, to digest that right. that media. Um, but then also I think the joy of my mind is that sometimes things will just kind of come to me and it, I might not necessarily create it in like that, that moment, but I'll, sometimes I'll just have to like write it down. So like, you know how you were yes. saying about like the Uzumaki thing mm -hmm. with your partner, like you just had to like book it there and then. Mm. It's like, if I don't like, if I can film it there and then, amazing. If I can't, then if I don't write that down, it's it's gonna go. Cause my mind has 10 million things oh, going on at once. My, yes. Lightning McQueen, like. <laughs> swear that, like I'm telling you, like for anyone who is looking at ways to be more efficient in content creating, or maybe even just beginning the journey and creating like your little content, write your ideas down because mm. Sometimes you're not in a position to create what you want to create yet. And it might be a resource thing, but it may be an in in, internal thing as well, because there are certain scenarios where I've, I've been like, I don't, I'm not ready to have that conversation yet. I actually need to do a little bit, a little bit more soul searching or understanding where I sit with that before I talk mm -hmm. on it. And I think things take time, but being able just to write it down. Cause I, I, mm -hmm. I, um, was it? Yeah, it was right at the beginning of lockdown, the first lockdown. I was on my bike, like most people were, trying to mm. catch a break. And I saw this big whiteboard wrapped in cellophane. Like, this thing was, like, brand new. Yeah. And I can't 
carry it whilst riding because I mean like it's like a classroom size one. Oh, oh like the one with the trestles. Yeah, oh, you see the ones yeah. that you put on the wall. Yeah, the big big ones. And um, I need one because I live in a Victorian place and the walls are wide and tall. So getting an average size one just looks perfect. It literally yeah. looks like this little thing here. Yeah. So I was like, no, nah, I need aesthetically. I, I know what I want. Mm. And through, so I went, I rode home quickly, jumped in my car, got the car and then got it in. And luckily it was still there. Yeah. And I used that as a brainstorming um, tool. So it's got mm. encouraging phrases. It's got my black lip, my black Jack leadership board where I am beating your ass brutally, Philly. <laughs> um, it's got my goals. It's got podcasts, um, topic ideas, potential people to collaborate. Your name was on the board. Mm-hmm. Your name, your name was on the board, um, and that's how I kind of make things happen. And it's yeah. okay if it sits there for a while because it's yeah. there now. It exists mm-hmm. because it's written down. Yeah, it's just you to breathe life and I guess character into that. Yeah, so like. So you're saying that sometimes you do a bit prep, sometimes it's more immediate. It's like, well, I've got this idea. Let me just bring it to life. But do you have to write anything down or script things or do you just completely freestyle it? Um, Again, a mixture of both. Oh, I, yeah. I definitely do hone in on writing things down. So mm. I, ironically, I brought a whiteboard this week. Right. Um, Not as big as yours. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably like, I think like A3, A2. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, I've just kind of written down like some tasks that I need to like do and be like, okay, what? can I tick off at the moment? And then I got an A3. Um, I, yeah, I love notebooks. Mm. So writing things down. I love writing or typing things digitally. Um, ironically, as a content creator, I just really enjoy the fluidity of, and like that that pen to paper. Like, I feel like you can't, you can't. can't recreate that. Yeah. There's something, um, there's power in that, you know. Oh. That I think there's power in pen to paper or, yeah. Pencil to paper or whatever. It's going through the motions though, isn't it? Oh, but there's, there's. It's like there's thought and intention. Yes, right, 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 right. That is such a good um, springboard to jump off of because I think there's an element of commitment when you write something down because it's more permanent. When you type it, there's always the edit, that's an option. But when you write it, it's kind of like, okay, you have to think about that a little bit more. That like how do I actually want to write this down? Because um, I'm gonna have to screw it up. And if you're if you're like kind of weird like me, I have that means that the page is ruined now. It's yeah. ruined. Yeah. Um. So there is. I think there's a a deeper level of for intention and commitment when you physically write something down mm-hmm. to me, and it resonates in my mind. hundred percent. And I appreciate that may not be the reality for most people, but definitely for for me. Yeah. Let me go back to my little notes to make sure that before you leave here, I've asked you all the questions that have been burning on my heart. Um, yeah, that was something that I wanted to ask, actually. Mm. What have been some of the biggest aha, light bulb, life, life lesson moments? Because for me, I was reflecting on that that same question for me. And there are, of course, there are going to be things that I've forgotten or it's not until someone says something. I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, I forgot yeah. that happened. And, but my life kind of revolves around particular moments where I thought it was either an opportunity that went well or didn't end in the way that I wanted to. Maybe a relationship, not necessarily romantic, um, 
even maybe the relationship with myself, there are just certain things where I'm like, yeah, mm. I remember that. And I that kind of, it either haunts me with shame or embarrassment or it made me, it really influenced moralistically a stance for me. Mm-hmm. So I kind of asked like, have you had any kind of key moments or light bulb moments that have really influenced who you've become? Um, Lockdown. Mm. I feel like that's definitely a lot of people's answer to that question. With lockdown, I feel like I spent a lot more time with myself, asking myself more questions and seeing more of people that resonated like me. And I was kind of like- Pull your mic over to you a little bit more. Thank you. There you go. Yeah, perfect. And I was kind of like, oh, wait, wait wait a minute, like, this is me? Like, how have I not realized this? And it, it's it's that idea that you sometimes, you don't know what you resonate with until you see it or until you mm-hmm. visualize it or until you're welcomed into that space as well. Because if you're not welcome or you're not allowed to have that flexibility of explore, ex, yeah, exploration basically, it kind of creates this barrier of like, okay, I can't even like test the waters or I can't even like adapt to see, is that like something I align with or not align with? Mm. Um, But yeah, that was definitely my kind of like aha moment. It was like sitting down. Was there any, what would be like the, I suppose from lockdown and you kind of realizing who you are versus who you thought you were, what were some of like, give me that one realization that you kind of realized, actually, maybe I mis- misjudged myself or maybe I misunderstood myself in the, in the space. Um. Oh wait, what's the question again? Oh my yeah, God, my so brain. like in, no, it's cool. So like, during lockdown, like, mm. I think you went into lockdown as one person and you spent all of this time and you come out the other side and you've realized actually, I'm slightly different to maybe who I thought I was because I've given myself oh, that space. Yeah. So it's just to kind of understand what what were some of the differences between like the old you and the new you or what did you learn oh, about yourself? So many things, so many things. Mm. So just before lockdown, I had, um, in within like the past like two or three years, I had like two breakups and one that was recent. Mm. And all all for the best, because obviously everything is for its own reason. But it was necessary in order for me to find my feet and, and kind of like say like, I'm not gonna allow situations to kind of like shake my ground, you know? Yeah. And I was just kind of like thinking about that idea of like how, we obviously going into lockdown and then being like, oh, I was just like alone and kind of like, I felt like I was by myself and like, I'm the only one there. And I had to kind of be like, well, I'm not. And you kind of have to drag yourself into a space. And I think it was bravery to be honest, because that's, yeah, I, I feel like having the strength to be able to sit with myself and be like, hey, like, come on, like, this is who you were before and you're not resonating with it anyway. So what are we gonna do to change that? Mm. And how can we make you feel more comfortable in your own skin and also just navigating throughout the world. And I feel like um, 
you know, we we always say say things like I, I'm sure a lot of people in um can um in relationships um with your significant other, you might say things like, Oh, you know, like, you know, I, I'm I'm really into you and I kind of really wish that we had met sooner or mm. whatever. However, I, I do feel like if I had met my girlfriend sooner than we did, I wouldn't have been the same person. Fact. fact I wouldn't have been the facts. same person at all. Yeah. And that growth is so important because like, if I look back on myself, what, even just three, four years ago, like I didn't even really want to like be too much. I didn't even want to post certain content because I was so scared of being like, oh my God, what are people going to think of me? Yeah. Or like, oh, what if so-and-so like looks at my page and like they're thinking like, oh, who do they think they are? Yeah, yeah. Um, but once you start to think like, <clears throat> like what am I really, why am I putting my worth in the perception of others when I can kind of create that for myself? And also I have found my community. There is someone out there who's going to resonate with what you do and it's having the the strength to believe in yourself. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. That's a big one because <laughs> I didn't think anyone was going to listen to this podcast. Mm. I was creating it on the hope that, you know, there would be some people that could connect with it. And yeah. I could, not even me, the platform in terms of me and the people that I'd be talking to, mm. that we could create something that I would that I would have liked. Yeah. Right, and I know that there's probably going to be a few people like me, but again, what do I know? Yeah, what you know, people people really take really deep the content and deep yeah. conver- and I'm like, I would have never believed that, but I think you've got to believe in the fact that there's someone out there listening. Mm-hmm. There's someone out there that needed to hear or to feel or to connect in a particular way, and that, and that's not to say that you know. I'm wildly over that 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 symptom because it will come and go. Yeah. And sometimes I look at my content, and I'm like, "You look hella stupid," or yeah. "You're being hella." And it's that 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 inner critique. But it's like, you know, I I shared this with a group of creatives that I did a coaching session with, and I said, you know, mm. it's all about service. Decentralize yourself in what you're doing, and just focus yeah. on the greater good of meeting someone else's need and then sometimes you somehow feel a bit more courageous i feel like you meet other people's needs but you also meet your own needs and that idea because i remember when we first connected years ago and that idea when we were having a conversation about there not being many spaces that are specifically queer and like spaces that were queer that also em- embraced like blackness and, mm. and people of color and cultural um, differences that you, you don't see in just mainstream queer mm. spaces. Um, and I feel like we're constantly having to create these spaces for ourselves which is amazing, but we also have to remember to sit back and think like, wow, like mm-hmm. we did that. Yes. Yeah. Do you know, this actually leads me onto a really interesting topic around 
black con being a black content creator. Now mm -hmm. I never even thought of myself as a content creator. Like literally, I just sit here and do my little thing, yeah. hang out with good people, have a laugh, get into emotive conversations, feel something, then you know, build and 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 be thankful that we met and hopefully continue a relationship of some sort. You know, mm -hmm. and ah oh, shit, I just had an ADHD moment. My my shit just fucked up. I forgot what I was gonna say. Mind freeze. Damn. Oh yeah, that was it. I'm back. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so within that, it's like, oh shit, it went again. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's like living in my brain. Oh my Black gosh. content creator. Right, here we mm. go. I'm back for the third time. So being, I, I never thought of myself within that, but I think mm. there's being aware of what things actually are in real time is important because once you know what things really are, you can start to work with, okay, what do I need reality to be? for me within this, right? Yeah. What are the things that I need to be aware of? What do I need to be conscious of? What do I need to be sensitive of? And that's internally and externally as well. And I think that the experience of a black content creator is an interesting one, especially depending upon the platform that you show up on, Yes, right? And also the risk that comes with it. Now, something that happened quite recently was like, and again, this is a, people will know me, um, that I'm very open when it comes to, I don't really care about identity, it's more about your character and who you are and how you behave and all that kind of stuff, right? Absolutely. But folks, some white LGBT plus folks stole my, stole, stole, stole my content. They tried to steal oh. my shit and it was a corporation, a big giant corporation in the UK. And I'm like, you're Stop. stealing concepts for your own gain as a white LGBT plus organization from a black member of the LGBT community yeah. who's actually designed something to sue, to sue something within themselves and their peers that they live amongst. But you've seen this as an opportunity to capitalize and the effect that it could have had is actually really personal because mm. The thing is, what a lot of people don't understand is when you try to fuck around in people's community, you're going to start to come across people that they know. Yeah. So when you try and say, oh, do you want to get involved? Oh, but that turns out to be my mate that you're trying. Yeah. That And it started to step on, the, well, potentially cause conflict with people in my family uh, and people that I know because they were trying to get people involved yeah. and to take the idea. And I was like, and... I'm in two minds about how I'm going to deal with it because it needs to get called out. Mm -hmm. It does. But it's also about being smart. Yes. Because I can call you out, but actually I can get a community partnership and go and get my peers and get, and actually stop what you're doing mm -hmm. and get myself or people that I feel are right to be in that space and also get a check. Yep. I mean, and I'm like, that's more sensible than me going ham on the internet saying this, that, and the third. I'm like, no, 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 no. What you do is you turn a foe into a close, and I say in air quotes, ally. And you better, you make sure you create opportunities out of their pot. Yeah. I'm like, since you wanted to eat out of my pot, I'm going to come to your house and eat out of yours. Yeah. Respectfully, you know? Yeah. But I think there is something about the security of work as a content creator, you know? And there was yeah. that... Um, I don't know what the person's name is, but she has the. Oh, yeah. Um, just being honest. Inigo. Right. Yes. yes. Yeah. That whole situation with her, and there was another content creator that 
covered the work, didn't reference where he covered this song from. His oh, shit blew yeah. up, and then you couldn't even find her original, and then yeah. all of the I songs being they used. Them as well. They them, yeah. right? Well, there. We but I I saw that, and I was like, this is this is a huge thing. So I don't know if you watch um my I feel like if you haven't, you, you'll love it. It's um explained on Netflix. Mm -mm. It's like a mini a mini like docu series, and like each episode is like can range from like five minutes to like 20 minutes. So it's like a mini documentary mm -hmm. on some topic. And it was about the idea of like copywriting from like like content creation. So mm -hmm. like certain like dance moves and like dance credits and stuff that have gone viral and how white content creators have kind of taken that or like and profited off, mm -hmm. it, off it. Um, and it is so frustrating when people are like, oh, you should just be grateful for the exposure or like exposure doesn't pay the bills. And also we've been dealing with this for so many years, decades, centuries. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's time that we just hold, hold people accountable. It's 2022. Mm. There's ways to be a respectable person and to also to connect and work with people that's not making them feel like they've been like taken advantage of. So mm. I think it is really important like what, what what you said. And I think being a black content creator, you will definitely get like people coming up to you and saying like, oh, like um, we don't have like enough money in the budget to do this. And like, okay, maybe probably come back when you, when you have that then, because you won't have that same issue when you contact the other person that you have on that roster. Talk up the things yes. that is, Oh, we have hit a, a segment of the conversation where like, like there's a lot of like, a lot of this stuff is like literally hot of the pan. I don't really talk about all things live in action, but mm. for me, I think this is a big thing. And I was yeah. talking to my manager in my HR job because she's a white lesbian lady, like lovely. Mm. Yeah. On If I put we kind still. of work aside, yeah, like, she is a person who's wonderful. And I sat down and explained her, explained the whole situation because she's known the podcast from its early stages till now. Yeah. And when I explained it, she was like, what the hell? And she could see it. And I'm like, this is 20, this is what colonization looks like yeah. today. Not in its only face, but this is primarily, primarily part of it. Like, mm. and I had to kind of, I'm not sure if I've explained, I think I have explained it on the podcast before. So excuse if I'm duplicating myself, but for the purpose of this conversation, like, you know, it's like coming into someone's yard, like, mm. like you, right, taking me to your friend's house. Mm. I go and take something from your friend's house. That Say now your friend is like East Asian, right? Mm. I go and take something culturally relevant to them, take it to my house, and then start having a good time with this thing, with my friends, within my culture. Mm. I'm like, there are on so many levels that it's wrong, but fundamentally at its essence, it's theft. It is. It's a theft mm -hmm. and it should be dealt with like that. And then there are the, just from the premise of the theft, there are a number of um, repercussions that there's a wave of outcomes that are negative and work against people of color and black content creators in this space. So like, that's why I talk about it because I think it is very messed up. So like, I guess I put to you, how do you try and safeguard yourself from kind of some of the risks that are out there for content creators in terms of like plagiarism, um, again, people trying to exploit you um, and get you to work for free and stuff like that. Um, that is a very good question. I feel like in the general, 
in the general sense, I, I usually use like a little watermark that I kind of put on my content um, mm. to show that it's that it's mine. However, I, it's one of those ones, if if I've been approached, then I, I just have to protect my peace and also mm. respect myself. And I have to, if they come with a price or I'm giving a price and that's not being respected or expectations aren't met mutually, then a conversation needs to be had about whether that's going to be something that's feasible or if it's not going to be happening. Mm. But I think that in terms of safeguarding myself, in terms of like people stealing my stuff, I don't know, maybe I could be doing a lot better, but I definitely would call them out if I had seen stuff like that. And I actually do remember when I first started kind of creating more or like moving into like queer content on TikTok like last year. Um, and I, I think I posted one of my TikToks on, um, no, I don't think I had even posted it on fa on Facebook and Instagram yet. And so many of my friends or people who followed me were messaging me saying, hey, these pages are like resharing your stuff without like tagging you right. and things like that. And I'm like, I'm all cool. The content's out there. So yeah. if you want to reshare it, that is completely fine. But tag, tag people, yeah. tag people because... I don't know what revenue you're getting. And in, in my opinion, I, as you say, that it is kind of like, it's not kind of, it is theft mm. because you're profiting off my creative invention, mm -hmm. of my mind, mm -hmm. what I have kind of adapted. Yes, it might be like, I might, we all use different trending audios and stuff like that. But the work that you have created in your mind to maybe fit the niche that you're talking about to create that, that was my mind. Mm -hmm. That was what you've created. Mm -hmm. That is, you have sat down there and you've built that for yourself. So for someone to kind of come along and be like, yeah, no. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's about being strong and also having people around you that are going to respect you and kind of also call other people out and yeah. whatnot. But I think... It's more, as as sad as it is, I feel like maybe it's more of a waiting game in a sense of like, you wouldn't want it to happen to you, but if it happens to you, then best believe I'm going to come through. Hey, <laughs> see, that's, and you know, that's the, that's the energy. And as I think this, this conversation is also important from a perspective of community in that if you see people uh, misusing other people's content or not paying credit and so on, mm. there's an opportunity there. Now, I'm yeah. not saying that you need to head up, go to that person, start acting wild in their DMs or whatever it might be. But mm. what could be useful is just letting the content creator know and just saying, look, just a FYI, I did notice this. And maybe you're aware of it, but just mm. so you know, because I think once as a content creator, once I'm aware of particular things, I'm mm. empowered then to either approach that or not. Yeah. Like it gives me a better understanding about the value of my content as well because if you want to steal it that means that there's something in that but you know in what itself, is amazing right? yeah, validation mm. because you can be inspired by someone just tag that person like yes. the amount of times i've been inspired and you know what? it's such a nice thing mm -hmm. like it's so nice to even like when people have done it to me i'm like oh you've been inspired inspired by me to do that thing even if it's saying the exact same thing or they put their own mm. spin, on, spin on it i'm like oh wow 
thank you. You've just acknowledged that you've been inspired by my creative mind. Yes. And I'm going to do the same for whoever I've been inspired by. It's the acknowledgement. As yeah. you just said, it's the, it's the acknowledgement. That's the, tra- it's about being transparent. Yeah. It really is about being transparent and, you know, things like tagging, um, just checking in as well. You know, if yeah. you wanted to use someone's content within your work and embed it, you know, it's not necessarily about asking permission, but it's about saying, look, you know, I really like this piece of work yeah. and I just wanted to say thank you. And I actually wanted to use it within my piece of work and just wanted to just check in with you because you may want to see the end product. And do you know, mm. do you know how good that makes you feel as a content creator? Yeah. Because your content, you want it to be there to be used, to to have a purpose. So when it is yeah. serving a purpose, it's great. You just want to be credited for the work that you're putting in. Mm. And also build that relationship because there's an opportunity that if the person yeah. likes to work and they're good shit let's collaborate yeah. let's do something you know and it's it's all about transparency but you made a good point about budgets as well let me tell you there's two things that I'm going to add to this you know because we'll be wrapping up soon but on this matter there is have talk money early mm-hmm. right talk Talk money early. If you're going to collaborate with someone or someone wants to use your services, your time, your idea, have the conversation around the budget very soon after because someone can paint you a fantastic idea of what they plan to do and so on. And then it's like, oh, they're offering you, let's say, one third of market rate. And it's like you've wasted a whole time listening to this whole spiel Mm. when the budget wasn't right. And it's like, look, if they had said to you, look, I'm only going to have... give you one third of the market rate, mm. you probably would have checked out of that conversation a lot sooner. Yeah. Do you get where I'm coming from? So mm. I'm like, never be worried to say, okay, cool. Well, let's have a conversation about the budget um, and how you plan to, what does the partnership look like? Because I'm more interested in what the partnership model looks like than the content itself. Yeah. That's what, so I'm like, make sure you spend a lot of time just ironing that out and that you don't leave feeling confused and if someone isn't being straight up with you that means that they're not being transparent for a reason if they can't answer very um well put together clear questions then clearly they don't want you to know the answer and you need to question is that the kind of partnership that you want do you want to be seen together with that person in the media for whatever Mm -hmm. it is that they represent um so i think that that's that is one big thing the other thing that i think is really important when it comes to um Managing dynamics like this is again not being not being afraid to set your own personal boundaries about what is okay and what isn't because mm. for different content creators that could feel differently. Some content creators are fucking territorial over their work yeah. and rightfully so. Some people they really don't mind how well, they they just want to put it out. They're not really don't care how it's used. But it's about identifying what your own personal boundaries are. Mm-hmm. within that and saying okay I feel comfortable with this and that and then just when you do collaborate with people make your boundaries known so you don't feel like you're being taken advantage of or that this is not working for you and you're having to yeah. operate in a way that completely doesn't sit well yeah I think those are two very important things for me when I'm looking at collaborating with people and like I said mm-hmm. like the money thing yeah you it's need to make sure you have a budget and, and as well also factoring or remembering to factor in that there's the planning that you've, like, if you've been given a brief, the planning that you've had to put into adapting your content for that brief. Yeah. 
getting any props or any equipment that you mm. might need for that to in order to like implement the content do the content edit it and then also upload it and then ensure that depending as well where that's being shared and how that's being shared if it's being if it's paid content if it's not paid content if it's you know all these different things they contribute to how much you should be getting paid yeah and it's not like oh you're just doing a video this is creative work it is creative genius work as well mm. the issue is as you said people think it is so easy there's so much that goes into it that one 15 second video that you saw you're not seeing all the hours that are being put into that so never forget that and don't be afraid to like because you you wouldn't go into a nine to five and say oh yeah just pay me 10 pound for that 10 hours that i've mm -hmm. worked on you you wouldn't yeah 100 um so don't accept anything less than what you're owed and don't allow others to dictate what they think you should be earning. Right, right. That That's a big thing, you know, and deep, I think doing the research into who you collaborate with, with, yeah. with is important because I know that there's a big old corporate out there, the LGBT plus organization that they got peace. They got money in that motherfucking bank and I've seen mm. them put throw money at certain content creators who are not melanated. I've seen yeah. melanated content creators um, partner with them and also work with them. And then uh, every minute, oh, we don't have the budget. I'm like, lies. Yeah. If I go on, let me tell you about access to public information. Oh, I'm like, oh, I'm like, your company's house finance reports yeah. tell us something very different about your budget, sir. Mm. How comes you've got this amount in surplus, you had this amount of income, this amount of expenditure, but you don't have budget for the things in which you are saying that are in your strategy. Yeah. So it could be that, oh, we're really passionate about building relationships with POC people, but that's in your strategy. But why is it every time POC people come to talk to you, you're talking about, oh, well, we don't have budget. Yeah, that's because you'll keep blowing it on yeah. the people that you want to, like be more equitable with that. And I think that doing a bit of research into um, partners, whether they be individuals, groups, collective, grassroots, it doesn't matter, just to get a better understanding. So you know whether they're being you got a better and you're in a better position to know whether they're being genuine with you mm -hmm. and if what they're saying is aligned to what they're approaching how they're dealing with you because i know yeah. that i've had a conversation with someone that came with a similar spiel and i said okay well look if i align myself with what you're saying these are going to be the social outcomes which actually are counterproductive to what you're saying here and what you said your intentions are so i said help me to better understand is it that you need this is a ticking box exercise, or do you need help in developing other mechanisms and other ways for you to be more inclusive because this isn't it? Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. You always hear that. Well, that's an interesting thought. Mm. They always we want to come with them. Oh, oh, we need to go away and have a think about that. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Figure it out and come back because the, gone are the days where we need to kiss the feet of people who don't have our best interests uh, at heart yeah. and understand your your melanatedness, your queerness, your intersectional identity. Let me tell you on a corporate level, there is so many um, currency signs attached to that. But, mm. And you know, like when you look at different restaurants and it has like one pound sign to say yeah. it's not that expensive, then you have like four for soup. Understand yeah. that 
intersectional identity has got like five pound signs next to it. So don't let these people chief you out of it because it is a big thing and it holds a lot of weight. That's why people want to try and Jimmy screech into We are the future space. and that is just mm -hmm. the, the reality of it all. I went to a panel last year and there was something that really resonated with me in a sense of like, um, I can't even remember who it was now. I believe it was... Um, it was um it was a DJ, it was a DJ um I have to find out but anyway but she said basically she basically mentioned that um it's interesting that they would say the minorities or they will use the term minorities because when you put all these minority identities together we are the majority well the ethnic majority yeah yeah and you'll you'll fear us because you know that we have the power. Everything, I, I'm not going to lie. If I wasn't black, I would be like, raw, your shit looks lit. It looks yeah. hard. It looks yeah. fucking hard and unfair. But I don't know how you guys keep coming up with this yeah. stuff, given the circumstances, because let's be honest about white fragility. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, there are, especially, I'm like, especially when it comes to like the air, more femininity in yeah. that respect. I'm like, you might get upset and distraught over. Damsel in distress. I'm like, I'm like, yo, come on now. You need to be a bit more resilient. Yeah. You know, and I said, given all the privileges, all the things that everything's designed with you in mind, and you're still getting like, stop it now. Yeah. But there was actually one thing that I wanted to say before I forget as well, is that um, within the context of when I was saying that about just safeguarding measures, things to consider. Mm. I heard some, I've got an unhealthy relationship with YouTube. I mean, listen, yeah. I'm addicted to YouTube <laughs> and my algorithm is wild. There's so much yeah. stuff there. And someone was saying um, it was about black African creatives and inventors. Stop talking about your shit online because there's like engineers and designers stuff that are turning up dead after promoting that they have cured. They found a cure for this or they developed this, that and the third. So mm. stop talking or like what happens is you get brain drained in the company country because yeah. they would take all of these people they're like oh yeah you've got that right we'll take you oh you can do that we'll take you then it drains a country of all of their brightest of people that and their future leaders and so on mm. and then it leaves the country high and dry yeah. so what I'm what I'm gonna just to kind of tie it all in is that I think we need to talk less publicly yeah. I mean like know the people that you can trust with your ideas and that you can brainstorm with but you see this day of, well, you know, I've got a plan. I'm going to do this in 2022. I'm going to stop that. Mm -hmm. Stop that. You can talk about what you're passionate about and maybe the needs that you want to serve, the communities that you want to work with. Mm -hmm. Maybe give a taste of your creative idea, but stop sharing them because yeah. people are plagiarizing shit. Like someone tried to steal the whole model on concept of the Make Talks podcast and like, you man, I'm not having it. No. I'm not having it at all. And no, I don't own the topic of black queerness. And no, I don't own all of this stuff. But fundamentally, when people within a community are creating solutions um, for their community to enjoy, it mm. then becomes an issue when someone outside of that community thinks, oh, look, that's taking root. Let's do that. Well, if you care so much, why did we have to create it in the first place? Yeah. You should have made it and then we could have just enjoyed it. We could have done enjoyment. Exactly. But as a matter of fact, you didn't. And now you've come to the dance late. And that's why I'm saying, peeps, from here on out, we're keeping Pim. We're keeping Pim. Let yeah. these little dry necks, yeah, <laughs> let dr literally let their idea, oh, let their idea pull dry up. Yeah. And then what it will force them to do is to have to start to consult 
with people in this space mm -hmm. and consult with the experts because they're not able to teeth. And for yeah. all you little, for all the people that, listen, don't go running into work and, oh yeah, I've seen this and this and that. No, mm -hmm. you can't trust your colleagues neither. Like you see what's in mm -hmm. the community. Yeah, like I said, it's not that we can't share things, but do you know what? Share the own product. Yeah. Don't be sharing concepts and ideas and so on because you don't know what someone's going to do with it and you don't know how success, what the trajectory of that could be, mm. you know? So that's just another thing. We need to stop talk too much and you know, just keep <laughs> things under wraps till we <laughs> unleash the beast. But peeps, we're wrapping up. We're nearly at time already. But what I would say is this. Make sure you go check out um, Wee's page. We know you can check out the Instagram page. We're going to be promoting up all the stuff. We'll make sure that um, that whole week is going to be super interesting. So at least you can go and find their work on Instagram, on TikTok and any other social media platforms that you occupy. But if you've got any final last words for any anyone who's thinking about getting into digital content creation or maybe they're just getting into it and it's... You know they haven't broken it yet. So mm. the the all the, the work that you're doing isn't being reciprocated by the visibility. What would you say to those folks? Um, <clears throat> oh. I would say believe in yourself and feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm. Um, there's going to be different things that were going to try and stop you or even your own internal thoughts. At the end of the day, if you have a goal in mind of what you want to do and, and a vision, create it, like execute it because it's it's gonna it's gonna come back to you in a way that is beneficial um if you actually put the love and like yeah the love and kindness towards yourself to like say yeah I can do it I can believe in myself mm -hmm. um yeah just yeah feel the fear do it run with it um, like I said, I'm I'm crying through stuff. So if I'm like up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, because even if you're scared not doing it, why not just be scared and just do it? Very true. So, yeah. It's the fear of the unknown or the fear of the regret. Yeah. You know, you can't really escape it. And I say this like, we're in, just to support what you were saying as well, is like, mm. We're in a world where people are getting crazy views. People getting yeah. like 1.4 mil in under a week and so on. And don't mm. let that discourage you because if you get 20 views, that's nearly a classroom full of children it that is, you're talking yeah. to. 20 people is a lot of people to have a conversation. Imagine trying to have a conversation with 20 people at the same time. It would be impossible, right? Yeah. So value the small. Give thanks for the small. It doesn't matter how big or small your community is. As long as you're a part of something and... There are people that are connecting and they'll come back and they'll be looking forward to it. And you mm. never know, you could be the highlight of their day, highlight of the week, it could be one post. So like I said, don't work, don't look for the big wins, but it's actually the smaller wins yeah. um, in all of that. But um, tell the people where to find you on your socials. Yeah, so you can find me at they, them, re on all platforms. Um, so it's just they, them, re with full stops um, in place of the spaces. Um, yeah, there's also Shop They Them Re as well, which I need to update, but bloody ADHD has got the better of me. But you know, I'm making changes. I'm, it, I'm getting happens. there. Yeah. Shit happens. We grow. You know, we trust move. the process. Right. It, everything for a reason. <laughs> but yeah, best believe you'll see some stuff on there very, very soon. Please, peeps, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know me, I like my little clothes and bits. And before, like I said, at 
Cat for Pride, I saw the merch before I saw you. And it was the merch that drew me like, there's some bad boy business going on. If you like tie-dye prints, you like colors, shapes, patterns and stuff like that, like cool little subtle little messaging and stuff like that, mm. like that definitely is worth, um, it's definitely worth you checking it out. And I'm gonna 100%. be um, posting up some bits and pieces so you can find that page and find access to the things them as well. Awesome. But um, yes. peeps, well, first, you know, re. Thank you so much for coming down. And I'm glad that we waited. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for having me, honestly. I'm, I'm glad we did as well. Mm. Again, everything in its own time. Literally that. Um, you know where to find me? Meg Talks Pun Line. No, I joke. It's, me <laughs> it's Meg Talks Online on Instagram. Um, as I mentioned, there's a link in my bio to all of the episodes on all of the platforms. So my people, I urge you to go watch it and enjoy yourself. And I'll catch you next week yeah yeah